Welcome to Risk Never Sleeps, where we meet and get to know the people delivering patient care and protecting patient safety. I'm your host, Ed Gaudet. Welcome to the Risk Never Sleeps podcast, in which we learn about the people that are on the front lines delivering and protecting patient care. I'm Ed Gaudet, the host of our program, and today... I am joined by a very good friend of mine, Terry Grogan, the VP and CISO at Tower Health. Hi, Terry. Hi, Ed. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to see you again. We've worked together for a number of years, haven't we? Yes, we have. Yes, we have in a couple of organizations. Yeah. <laughs> in a couple of different organizations. That's right. Are you still working with Improvada? We are still oh, working good. with Improvada, yeah. yes. Yeah, it's a great product, great company. It is a great product. Yeah. Excellent. Tell us about your current role and Tower Health. Thank you. So I'm the CISO at Tower Health. My primary responsibility is the traditional security responsibility for the data, the health system. I also have a oversight over infrastructure and technology because they're so tied together, especially on the network side, for example. So I, I have a lot of oversight over that as well. Tower Health is started out as a community health system with just running hospital, the flagship. We now have Phoenixville and Pottstown as two other hospitals, a large relationship with St. Christopher's, which is a children's hospital in Philadelphia, and then quite a number of physician practices around the community. So we provide healthcare in the Berks County area. And I love it. It's close to home for me. It's a, only a 25 minute drive to work. I, I work hybrid. I'm on site three days a week and home two days a week. And I enjoy it. People are right, great culture. Excellent. Yeah, that 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 area is that's a great area. I've done a number of trips in that area for customers. I've also did a lot of trips to Gettysburg as a child too. Oh, I love <laughs> Gettysburg. I go horseback riding there. Oh, do you? So yeah. I ride my horse through Gettysburg through the battleground. It's awesome. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? It's yes, uh, it is. Yeah. No, as a young lad, I would have much rather gone to Hershey Park, but <laughs> I've been there many times as well. So no, yeah. Gettysburg was great. It was uh, after the fifth time though. Old. But enough about Gettysburg. This is about you, not about yeah. Gettysburg. You have a really interesting background, which we're going to get to. So tell us how you got into healthcare. So it's interesting. I spent 21 years in the Army. Mm -hmm. And I was in the Army Veterinary Corps. Now, what I did in the Veterinary Corps was mostly work in slaughterhouses and food plants. A lot of the food side of it, not so much the living animal side. Though I did do some of that. I actually took care of the mules at West Point for about a year. Oh. I was in the Veterinary Corps, uh, so I had nothing to do with healthcare directly or security or IT, but I liked the Army. I liked the Army, and when it came time to retire, I wanted to do something that was my passion in the Army, which was IT-related. I'd gone to college for IT, and, and back in the 90s, that was a pretty big deal. Yeah. So I wanted to do IT, and of course, this was, I was retiring in 1998, and if you could spell PC, you could get a job in IT, <laughs> because a Y2K was coming. Yeah. So I wanted to work in a place that gave back to people, because I love the Army because of the service. That's why I was there. And so I wanted to be in healthcare. So I purposely applied to every hospital I could find that had an IT position open. And the CIO hired me because of a drill, as a drill sergeant, and he needed somebody to whip these brand new PC techs into shape because <laughs> they were pulling out an old mainframe application that wasn't going to be YTK oh, no. compliant. Oh. That started me off on the infrastructure side of IT. 
which I loved. And then HIPAA came around. Mm-hmm. And he said, hey, you knew about security in the Army, right? Yeah, you're going to be our security person. Another time, I moved into security. So that's how my career came. The Army got me toward where I was, and healthcare is my passion. Thank you for your service. And I love the fact that you were a drill sergeant. I also was in the Army for eight years. So I have a special place in my heart for the drill sergeant. <laughs> we had interesting time. I'll bet. Okay. You also were an interim CISO, which tell us about that role. That's really, you get to see a lot in that role, I bet. Yeah. So I worked in healthcare IT for about 15 years. And then I decided to leave the company I was at, the hospital I was at and go out on my own. I wanted to expand my horizons. I wanted to work with other healthcare clients. And so I started my own company, met up with another small company and joined forces and we did healthcare IT only at the both the CTO role and the CISO role. I got to work in a number of health systems. In fact, that's where I first met you. I was mm-hmm. an interim CISO at a hospital in the Northeast. And so it's interesting being the interim CISO. You get to walk in, have the weight of what's going on and the hope that you're going to fix all of it. And you get to see all the different ways people are handling things. And in healthcare, we all do exactly the same thing, slightly differently. (laughs) We are all doing the same things and often with the same vendors. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's good and bad about that. So you get to look really smart because you learned what didn't work at the last place you were at. So intimacy so is nice. I I never had anybody treat me differently with that. I, I always like trying to make sure folks knew that I was there for them. And it wasn't a oh, that's not part of the scope of my contract. It was, no, I'm here to help you. I'm an employee. Treat me like an employee. Mm. You just don't have to pay my benefits. I think also, too, that shared mission we have transfers regardless of who you are when you come into healthcare. Absolutely. Which is pretty important. As you think about 2023, we're getting ready to exit and go into 2024. What are the top three priorities that, that are on your list? Probably the same ones on everybody else. For sure, third-party risk management is probably my largest. Again, to continue the relationship with you, I needed to understand the confusion of what was coming in and what was the risk I had coming in. So we've already gone down that path very successfully with the Sentinet product. I know this isn't about Sentinet, but that absolutely helped start that foundation. I'm carrying that further forward this year by looking at account management for vendors. That is another open problem when you look at the third-party risk for business email compromise and vendor account compromise. I need to not have vendors on my network or I need to manage them a different way. So that's one of my largest. My second largest out of there is really around my disaster recovery planning. Mm -hmm. It's not where it should be. I, like other health systems, especially still digging out from COVID 2020, have Mm -hmm. a lot of technology debt that I've got to deal with. And so I have a lot higher risk there. And what does disaster look like for me? And containment efforts, especially if the disaster is called by maliciousness. So those are really where my largest focuses are right now. Yeah, we did the cybersecurity benchmarking survey and we uncovered that many folks really needed to look at the respond and recover 
area with a NIST, it was definitely deficient across the industry. So it's good to hear that you're spending resources there. You did mention the pandemic. How do you think we're doing as an industry so far over the last couple of years? I think that a lot of health systems have adopted and changed processes to really help them be more efficient in a pandemic. I think it's still a struggle, and that's a problem with what's going on. We have two major problems there with folks who are still trying to struggle with a shortage of staff. The great exit still there, so right. shortage of staff. And that's even on my side. And everybody wants to work hybrid or, or 100% remote. And so how do you deal with that? And, and so there's still some challenges there. Financially, we're still digging out. People have been pushing that rock down the road for payments. Now they've got to figure out when do I start doing the things I've been putting off and what's the most important, which goes back to the legacy. So I think we're doing better. I think we've gotten creative. We've learned to be a little more flexible with changing processes and assessing what's really important. Right. If we don't get hit really heavily this year uh, with a large recurrence of the pandemic, I think you're going to see 2024 being most of us being closer to where we were pre-pandemic. Oh, really? That's great. You're going to see a lot of us there or, or close to it, definitely seeing the other side of that. Yeah, the research would indicate that the margins are starting to come back, which is good news for everybody, obviously. What are you most proud of personally? over the last couple of years? So I think for me personally, over the last couple of years, it's been how much I've been able to help some of the organizations I've been in. I I chose to leave consulting and going back to being an employee because I actually missed that. And there was a great opportunity where I am here because they had a lot of need. And that's what I like. I like helping. I help one institution out of a pretty bad cybersecurity event. And that was a major... I feel really good about how we recovered from that and how we made that happen. So I'd like the ability that I had to share with others. I've also taken on a role as a mentor for ISACA for a group called She Leads Tech. Because I'm trying to get and attract others. And while it's predominantly female in She Leads Tech, it really isn't all female to, to get younger folks to come into this in the cybersecurity as well as I do, just the shortage that we have yeah. in the cybersecurity industry. So. Yeah, it's hit cyber um, pretty hard, especially in healthcare. It's a challenge for sure. Outside of healthcare and outside of cyber, what would you be doing? What are you most passionate about? So for me, it's my horse. Right, so now there's two horses. One's <laughs> retiring and one's just coming on board. Uh, so I do a lot of showing with my horses. I, I do a lot of Western kind of stuff, if you would. It's dressage. It's like you see on TV, but it's a Western flavor to it. Mm. And I trail ride. So my horses are really probably my biggest passion. My second is underwater photography. So I scuba dive and I do really? underwater photography. Oh. And so I'm really proud of the pictures I take. Oh, do you have I them on a, a website or? I do. I do. Oh. I, I do post some of them on a website and I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty proud of those pictures. I enjoy that a lot. Have you swam with the sharks? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. One of my favorite trips was the Galapagos Islands where I actually swam with whale sharks. 42-foot-long creatures. Yeah. Amazing thing. Very cool. Wow. Okay. If you could go back in time, what would you tell your 20-year-old self? I would tell my 20-year-old self to 
understand that everybody actually at the end of the day wants to do the right thing. So one of the things that when I was younger, I had challenges like a chess game. What's the opponent going to do? The opponent. What am I going to do? Let me think three steps ahead. And I read a book called Crucial Conversation years ago. Yeah. That really talked about at the root of everything, people want to do the right thing. And I'm not talking about hackers. I'm talking Mm -hmm. about the normal people you interact with on a day-to-day basis. And if you look for where the common ground is, find the thing where the two of you agree and work from there. And I find that helps me the most today in my job. The thing that helps me the most in getting leadership to understand security and changes because now it's not going to be convenient or easy to do something or whatever. When we're on opposite sides, figure out where we're common first mm-hmm. and work up from there. And, and that's what I would tell my, don't play a chess match. Find where you're at a common theme and work together. I love that. That is unique advice on the show. So that's awesome. Did you play chess when you were young? I did. I did. I, and I still, I did too. not nearly as much, but I love yeah. chess. I still yeah, love chess. Just, I still, no. You're still an opponent across the chess board. <laughs> have you downloaded the chess, any of the chess games on your phone? Oh, I have. That's yeah. a while, but yes. Yeah, yeah, me too. Pretty cool. So that's great. What I think we had a question here about music too. Did you get that question in advance? Yes, I got a question around the flight rooms. What if I could only have three either movies or music, what would they be? Yeah, on the desert island, right? On Was the desert the, island, yeah. yes. <laughs> I've been books that would have been survival books. Oh. I would my own. But why would you have anything else if I'm on a desert island? Why would I have any book that wasn't? Exactly. (laughs) 10 steps to surviving on a desert island. (laughs) Treating your own wounds. Oh, my God. Those would be my books on a desert island. That's right. Living with yourself alone. (laughs) That's right, Wilson. But when it was music, so it was music or movies, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. And I thought, what are the ones that, if it's a snowy day and I don't want to do anything, what am I watching over and over again? Mm. And so, because those would be the ones I would take. So for me, interestingly enough, it would be The Sound of Music. Oh, that's a great movie. I love it. It makes me feel good. Rocky Hunter Picture Show. Oh, (laughs) the time warp. Let's do the time warp again. Oh my God, let's do the time warp. Oh my goodness gracious. I've probably seen this thing 20 times, if not more. Throwing toast. I think I've seen you in the theater throwing toast. No, I was never one of the ones throwing toast. And then actually Mamma Mia, which again, so so it's funny. All my movies are musicals. Those are all feel good, do over again. That's really, those are the kinds of things I like. How about music then? Let's go to music. Queen. Come on, Queen. Nice. (laughs) Queen, of course, my, in my era was the Beatles as well, but Queen is probably, Queen and the Eagles are probably the two out there for me. I was watching Queen live at Wembley this weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I went to a live aid too in Philadelphia. Oh, (laughs) yes. Oh, you lucky thing. Oh. Yeah, I, I don't remember much, but I was there. Oh, yeah. That was my, I just got out of boot camp, actually. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Was a good time. Okay. Those are good. Eagles are good. Unless you're the big Lebowski. I don't think he likes the Eagles too much. I think. It, no, I don't think he does. <laughs> <laughs> but Queen, who doesn't like Queen? Who doesn't like Queen? Exactly. She's excellent. All right. So if you, I I loved your early advice to folks thinking about the profession. What other advice could you give to folks that may be coming out of school or maybe just going into school uh, and are interested in healthcare and cyber? 
Yeah. So what I try and tell folks is if you're young, you're just coming out of school or you're in your last year and you're looking for an internship, don't immediately jump into an internship in cybersecurity. You can do that and you'll probably be putting some socks somewhere and no, no disparaging socks. I'm glad they exist. Don't get me wrong. But if you really want to learn and you want to grow, take a job in infrastructure. Mm. Be a PC tech or a desktop person or an intern. And uh, because you can't be a good cyber security person if you actually don't understand what it is you're protecting and how it works. That's great. So you'll learn a lot more if you take that. And people are always looking for interns on the desktop side and account management, that's help desk, what have you. You'll learn so much more for groundwork. It'll make your cyber so much better. Yeah. This may sound like a self selfish plug, but I also think that risk analyst role is so interesting because you get to see so many things, plus you get to interface with the business. Yes. That's a, another great aspect. Absolutely. Because you get to see the bigger picture not the detail. So that you, when you're down in the weeds, you understand how it's impacting everything. Exactly, exactly. Excellent. Covered yeah, today. no, we, this yeah. has been terrific. We've caught up. It's been good to catch up with you and obviously and have you on the program. So I really appreciate your time. This is Ed Gaudet from the Risk Never Sleeps podcast. And if you're on the front lines protecting patient safety and care, remember to stay vigilant because risk never sleeps. Thanks for listening to Risk Never Sleeps. For the show notes, resources, and more information on how to transform the protection of patient safety, visit us at sensinet.com. That's C-E-N-S-I-N-E-T dot com. I'm your host, Ed Gaudet, and until next time, stay vigilant because risk never sleeps. Never sleeps.